Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the stinking truth. We're talking yeah. about the idea of Dallas kind of finding themselves in a surprise, pleasant surprise position of being able to play for the division. How about Buffalo? You know, the, the, the way they were just a few weeks ago, you and I were sitting in these chairs and you were talking about Buffalo like something feels off with Buffalo. And yet here they are with a chance right. to win the division. Although they also got to be careful because if they lose and things go a certain way, they could miss the playoffs entirely. But, I mean, here they are with a position, a, mm. a chance to beat Miami and win the division. Where'd that come from? Yeah, well, what what's changed? Yeah. What, is, what has changed? And I will tell you philosophically, um, they have made a serious change on the offensive side of the football. And that change was, we're going to take our quarterback off the high dive. Go back and look at how this game has been called differently on their win streak. When, you know, when all of a sudden they were a 500 football team or whatever it was, go back and look at the number of carries their running backs got, even when things weren't going great from a carrying for a yards per carry standpoint and the number of attempts. Josh, Josh Allen went from 35 to 45 attempts a game to all of a sudden where he's at 25 to 30 attempts per game in the last like five or six weeks. I mean, they have completely gone back to run the football, set some play action stuff off, and let's not put our quarterback in a drop back phase 45 times because he's going to throw it into a window that he probably shouldn't throw it into. And you want to look at the difference. And I always say this, man, I don't look so much at a yards per carry, although yards per carry are nice. I look at attempts. Man, I want attempts. I want to wear down a defense. I want to beat down a defense. And even if you're getting two yards of carry, Mike, you know what that does, those attempts do to your play-action game? They dramatically increase the space you get in the passing game because it affects the guys that have to defend the run. It affects the underneath coverage, the, the second level of your coverage. It affects them. So even if you're not getting a yards per carry, a great yard, let's say you're sitting at three yards of carry and it's not very good, or most, most coordinators throw their hat in the air and go, just screw it, we can't run the ball. What that does for your play-action game is, I mean, it, it's immense what it does. And so you have to understand the value. Great coaches understand the value of a two-yard or three-yard run. Bad coaches that just want to get promoted to head coaches or just want to, you know, rely on their quarterback whispering skills. Bad coaches look at those two-yard runs and say, screw it, like we're not going to win. We're not going to score enough points. We're, our run game isn't working today. I will I'll throw this in, I'll throw this away. And, you know, interesting, uh, and I'm not going to mention the coach I, I was talking to, but I had this conversation with the coach earlier in the season just about the value of the run game. And um, 
and as a young coordinator and the value of the run game and and essentially we were just having a philosophical discussion about running the football and I said it's I said to this particular coach I go it's more important to know that you can do one thing well and then you can build off that one thing but just my my advice was pare down the menu and find one thing that you can run against everything so no matter what defense you get and no matter what the look is you know you can execute it so they can shift and they can move around and they can give you different looks and they can rotate a weak safety down or rotate a strong safety down but you can run it against this look and then build off of that and it's funny because that coach reached out to me about two weeks ago and said, dude, it's dramatically changed. Like my menu, I still struggle with. My menu is not as thick as it used to be, right? I don't have as many plays, but it's dramatically changed our offense and our quarterback is playing so much better now. To back up your point uh, with Buffalo, uh, early in the season, Josh Allen was routinely attempting over 40 passes, sure. even 50 passes in a game, but in this this stretch in which they've won four in a row in five of their last six, his pass totals in their wins, okay, pass attempt in their five wins over the last uh, six weeks, 32, 42, uh, 15, 21, and 30. Yeah. And then if you look at, at James Cook's uh, run attempts the last three games, um, 25, 20, and 16. Yeah. So you're seeing that switch less over-reliance on Josh Allen and right. spread it out a little and, bit more. And I said this, I said this, and, and you know, I, I stole this term from Sean Payton, but taking your quarterback off the high dive. Yeah, that's a great term. Right? I love it. Like, when you sit up there, like, it's more than just, I got to be in control of, like, I got I to gotta throw the ball. It's more than that. It's, I've got to set our offense, set the formation, manage the personnel, then create the motions and the shifts, make sure everybody's on the right, doing the right thing, adjust the back for protection. I've got to call the protection. I've got to remike the protection in case I need to, to change the protection, right? Or I might need to cheat the protection. So if we got a turn weak and we're going to the will linebacker and I see the will linebacker with some depth and they've got a slot corner, right, that's, that's in a tight press and I see, you know, I see – somebody over the top, maybe it's that little linebacker that moves over, maybe a safety goes over the top. Now I have to maybe redirect the protection to say, hey, man, let's not slide to the will linebacker. Let's slide over there to the slot guy and take him off so I don't have to throw hot off of that because they're going to take that that will linebacker and run him underneath and then take that slant route away from me, right? So you got to think about all these things. Then you got to snap the ball and you got to execute it. Then all of a sudden I get into let's let's run the ball with a little more efficiency, and let's have some some call it and run it run plays, some tank plays. So this play is good against everything, regardless of um, regardless of its you know a, a strong rotation or a weak rotation. We can run it against anything. So let's just call it and run it. Now my quarterback, you know what he doesn't have to do? Think, right? Take a play off of him mentally. And I think that's I think I mean I talk to everybody, every offensive coordinator I've talked to has talked to me about the importance of breather plays. Just take it off my quarterback's plate, maybe 10, 12, 15 times a game. And what they've done is they've given him a breather from the mental gymnastics and the hoops that he's got to constantly jump through. 
Well, speaking of a team that needs to uh, mentally reset quickly, the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. They play Buffalo with the division on the line, coming off a game in which they give a 56 to Baltimore. And uh, it's a harsh word. I know you players and former players hate to talk right. about this word, but I don't care. I'll say it. Miami just feels like a fraud to me. Mm-hmm. There's something fraudulent about the Dolphins. Yeah, they, I mean, they gave up what? they Baltimore hung 56 on them? Yep. Yeah, not, not good, Mike. I mean, obviously, it's not good. Now, Baltimore's a really good football team. Really good football team. Um, physical, they can run the ball. Um, but there's no excuse for that. No. And, you know, one thing about Miami is they've been really good. You know, from a physical physicality standpoint, they've run the ball well. They've attacked the edges of and the perimeter of a of a defense. Um, I thought defensively they had shut down the run. They had played they had played physical football. That like I've got this theory. I used to have this theory about the Chargers back in their San Diego days, and I think this theory applies to Miami. And and this really doesn't have anything to do with football. It has more to do with mindset. So when you're a player and you play here in Denver or you play in New England or you play in Baltimore or you play in Pittsburgh or Green Bay or Chicago or, you know, Seattle or any of these these places, right? When things aren't going well and it's December and the coaches are grinding on your ass and everybody's hard on you and, and you didn't play very well and the media's on your butt and, you know, and and things just aren't good. You walk out and you're miserable and then you walk out of the facility at night and, and it's the sun's going down, right, and it's, it's cold and it's gray and you're going to run home and it's going to be dark by the time you get home and it's just, it's like, it's miserable. And the only thing that cures that misery is winning. That's it. That's all you got to hang your hat on because it's going to be cold and it's going to be dreary and it's going to be miserable and the coach is going to be on your ass. So the only thing that cures it is winning. You have that same exact scenario and you're in San Diego or Miami. You walk out of the facility, there's bright sunshine. You're going, let's go down to the beach and have a cocktail. Like, (laughs) no big deal. Life's good. Like, I've always felt like there's just a hard, like a hard place to win. I tell you, well, let me tell you, we're we're playing a Super Bowl in Miami. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, and again, I won't mention any names, but this is funny. So we have whatever we have Tuesday night off or Monday night off, whatever it was. And um, you know, and everybody went out to dinner, you know, and da 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 da. And um, we had an offensive line dinner. It was awesome at Joe Stone Crab, you know, and. We read the the uh, what we called the sacred scriptures. Um, those were things my offensive line coach used to say that were just outrageous, like not for public consumption. Uh-huh. Like it's just ridiculous stuff that he used to say all the time. That you know it was just funny. It was it was fun. It was lighthearted. And um, so we come to practice. We're at the Miami Dolphins facility, and uh, somebody on our team. I'm not going to mention names. Gave the top ten reasons that Miami would never win a Super Bowl. And he put them on this big grease board that was in the in the uh, 
locker room right there in the main locker room. Ten reasons Miami will never win the Super Bowl. You want to know what the ten reasons? Yeah. Were? Ten strip clubs a guy had been to. That was <laughs> that was the ten reasons. He's like, there are way too many distractions in Miami. Like, there's no way you can be good. Right. There's no way because right. like. As soon as things get going, the, the, when the going, you know, the going gets, gets tough, tough. The tough get going. Well, when the going gets tough in Miami, you head to a strip club apparently. <laughs> so, I mean, that was that was his this guy's reasoning. <laughs> you know, we all had a good chuckle over it, but, but I got there is there is something. I think there is something to those beautiful destinations that uh, that ease some of your pain as a player.